So, Branch Davidians, David Koresh, a 51-day standoff with ATF and FBI agents, which the, <clears throat> spoiler alert, compound burns down, pretty much everybody dies, and it kind of stands as a really bad black mark on both religious cults and the federal government. So, Sorry, Liv, I'm looking up something. No, 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 you're fine. So Liv was previously talking about like um, the the kids. So they did a a drip trickle flow. Um, uh, uh, wow, I just can't think of the word. Drip tr- trickle flow approach to getting the what they perceived as hostages out of the compound. And what the special on Netflix kind of showed is that a lot of them weren't they were there because they wanted to be they were they were more afraid of going outside because they had just been shot to hell by these people who were saying we're the good guys and they had like lost family members so they didn't feel like they were being held hostage but you know they started having like little kids they got a bunch of little kids out because they're like it's just not safe place for them get them out of here and then there was other groups and like more people started to leave as time went on but I, I thought that was like a weird way that the guy even said that like it really does work though if you think about it like trickling out yeah his, yeah. his strategy was uh, it sounded so stupidly simple when he said it to like the guy he's like this is what I'm gonna do but then you watch it happen and you're like oh fuck that would happen like that yeah you know? like mm-hmm. the guy was good I'll give him that alright so the little girl who had gotten out. Uh, yeah. So her name's Joanne Vega. She was six years old at the time. Um, but it's just, it's crazy to me. Like, I think about this all the time, I guess, with cult situations like this or cult shows that I've seen. Just how unacclimated the children are, obviously, because that's all they know. Um, and they're young children. They've grown up in that. That's just their daily life. But this woman that survived, um, she said getting back into the world was kind of really challenging for her. Um, she said, trying to understand what it's like to take a bath seemed very scary to me. Flushing toilets scared the bejeebers out of me. Like, can you imagine that? And then she says, I had no idea what the heck a basketball was. I, I mean, I get it, I guess, because... But can you just imagine that? Like, <laughs> no, I can't. Like, what? Oof. I, the closest... A basketball? The closest I can relate to that is when you like. So essentially, she grew up in a like a small subculture that hadn't been ex- exposed to things that people had been constantly exposed to, um, and they became part of a bigger culture. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like what it's like when you uh, you graduate field med and you only really know navy shit, and then you get over to Greenside and you have all this gear that they just issue out, and you're just like everyone's talking acronyms you don't know. Mm-hmm. And, like, everybody knows it but you, and you kind of feel like you'd be an idiot if you ask. It's just crazy, like, how those kids didn't have any... So I can't relate, I guess, but... Like, I guess, like... What the hell's the word I'm thinking of? Any, um... Experience. Experience, I guess. With, like, out, outside world things. But then, like, David, like, he he knew. Because, like, he, he would go out and, you know... not to. Like, he would go out and, like, recruit people or whatever. Like, before the... Yeah. Raid. It's just weird. Like, he was holding that back from them. I don't know. I, I guess mean, it just that kind of goes along with the whole thing where it was like, they can leave whenever they want. 
You know, that's such a cult thing. You can leave whenever you want, but you have to deal with that conversation with the cult leader. Turns out that bitch was like the Hotel California. (laughs) 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 A little too... That's Like, once I found out what Hotel California was actually about, I was like, fuck! You know, this this is a dark-ass song. I guess I used to hear it when my parents were, like, driving. Mm -hmm. You hear all these songs in the car. I was like, oh, it's, like, kind of, like, pretty but sad. Mm-hmm. This is the way I describe the song, and then you realize like the Hotel California was kind of a fucking dark ass place too. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of implied murder. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, dude, fucking. Now you gotta wonder. Obviously, the Netflix show had its side of David Koresh and like how he really was and some of the things he did, and then you get the other perspective from like historians who will talk to people that had known him. And they'll try to paint a picture. And that's th- those two aren't exactly always the same guy. It kind of makes me wonder, like, simple stuff like what you just brought up. Did he purposely never bring a basketball around? Or did he just never think it was that big of a deal? Like, did he not think that a basketball was a, a valuable toy for a kid to have? You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder what happened to his mom. Oh, yo, shit. What? I'm going to let you look this one up. Oh, fuck. I'm going to let you look this one up because I know what happens to her. It's Aww. fucking dark, dude. Oh, my God. Oh. Mm. David Koresh's mother. <laughs> this is me at 4 a.m. going, yeah, I wonder what ever happened to her. And then I Googled it while you were sleeping. And I'm not just waiting for your reaction right now because it's going to be so Did you just not Google David Crush mom? <laughs> I'm reading what actually like the. So she was stabbed. She was stabbed to death, like a couple years after. It's like fucking dark, and the reason that I'm laughing is because like I was looking. I up... thought it was gonna be something so much more. No, like... no, no. Well, I was just like I was at David Crush's Wikipedia page because mm-hmm. I was just curious at that point. It just like the the special. It really is that. Wait, she, it, that was in 2009. Yeah. Um, the special was very much. It, it leaves you with mixed feelings and wanting to know more because it shows you that there's such a conflict in the official story mm-hmm. that I was yeah. on his Wikipedia page and then it like it mentioned his mother and then it had like a blue like hyperlink that you mm-hmm. could click on and so i had finished his up and i like clicked on it and then just like it was just like a bullet point like stabbed to death on side i'm like what the fuck yeah. dude like this whole family was screwed i know it says his sister killed her what it says that her sister so david's aunt killed her what or she was charged what the fuck i mean maybe she didn't but she was charged <laughs> well, i mean i don't fucking know anymore this is like, I have tried so hard to keep the tinfoil in the kitchen. And during this quarantine, during freaking the election, during now again back to all the cult things that have happened in the world. And it's getting harder and harder to not make a hat. <laughs> it's getting so... T- a fucking Epstein. Come on. Harvey Weinstein. You t- Like, I gotta go make a hat. I'll be right back. (laughs) That's how I feel because there's so many things that are so shady. Joe Rogan just did a whole freaking podcast on MKUltra. And uh, what was his name? Uh, Charles Manson. Mm. He just did a huge podcast like in 
like it was crazy the coincidences and stuff yeah. it, it linked to jfk and all this stuff it was like crazy that's crazy I don't want to get into conspiracies and like stand up on a stage and be like, I think the magic bullet theory is bad. Like, who was in the grassy knoll? Because I don't really want to argue that much with it, but I just sit back and I just look at it and I'm like, God, like, am I the only one who knows that this is like a bunch of bullshit? Or is like, are we just going to pretend for the rest of society that. Why did I think Jonestown was in South Africa? What'd you say? Why did I think Jonestown was in South Africa? It, it was in... Venezuela. <laughs> yeah. I thought Jonestown was in the States for a while. Really? Well, yeah, because for whatever reason, because it was like oh, kind of classified as like American cult. Yeah. So I figured it happened here, which is like why it's more fucked up. Yeah, isn't that so weird? Dude. Like it was all like American people. But... Yeah, we can't go. To, I can't go down to Jonestown I know. right now. Uh, just but... these pictures of all the bodies. Like, whew. All right, all right. I'm gonna go make a fucking tinfoil hat. I'm doing it. Sorry. <laughs> that was my seventh seal. That was my sign that the world's ending. It's oh, another In the middle fun of fact. a freaking, a freaking David Crush podcast where we're talking about that. We're gonna go to Jonestown. Go ahead. Oh, another fact. Jonestown. Let's hear it. Um, David Koresh. Well, that was not his real name. Actually, his yeah, he real name was Vernon. Uh, Kings in the Bible. But he was also um, charged with attempted murder when he was 22 years old. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, so apparently that was all about um, like a, a power struggle in what ended up being David's cult. Yeah. The Branch Davidians. Well, it's actually, it's like a bigger thing than just them, I guess. But it was like pretty much him and another guy kind of in charge. I think that's where that whole thing happened. But then, you know, obviously he won. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what freaks me out about David Crush is like the absentee father, mother abandoned, all this other stuff like that. Like, yeah, he obviously had deep psychological scars. Yeah. And like some things you live with, you don't move on from. But. The, the, the weird, like, believer in me. Like, the the guy who's like, all right, I'll listen to this podcast about MKUltra. Yeah. Like, because I kind of like, if you pro- please prove it to me. Please prove something fucking weird is going on because this is not normal. Like, life is not normal. Uh, that part of me wants to think that, you know, they said he was learning disabled. He had all these issues. Yeah. And then he just, like, was struck with this moment. And then he memor like, I'm not going to lie to you memorizing the entire Bible and then being able to just pull passages by number. That is a fascinating thing to me that I actually want to kind of learn more about because like if you told, like I remember studying for my FMF pin, um, the fleet Marine force warfare device. It's a lot of, uh, you do uh, two written tests and then you have an oral board where they just ask you, you know, verbatim, what is the mission of the infantry battalion? I only remember really that one. <laughs> to locate, close with, and destroy the enemy by fire and maneuver, or to repel his assault by fire in close combat. I only know that because I knew that was one, and I drilled it for like three months. This guy did the entire Bible. And you heard like even there, when I just said it, granted it's been a while, 
I only remembered it and I had to slow it down and make sure I was right. I didn't just have it by heart like he did. Like, that's so crazy to me. Yeah. Which, I guess, if it's something that he just did and then found it was like a tool to kind of manipulate people, because it is shocking when somebody can just quote a, a passage and you can pull it open and be like, holy fuck, he was exactly right. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of mystic in a way. How about just how... So I get why people are like, holy shit. You know? Yeah. I know. Well, how about just how captivating he was? Like, obviously, that wasn't the real him in the show. But, the actor did a great but job. He, that's how he really exactly. was. Exactly. I mean, Fuck. a cult leader has to be pretty captivating, like, when you think about it. Or distant. And that's just, it was just crazy. Like, even we, I mean, we saw ourselves be like, oh. We were like, <laughs> so, so we were like we what? Had, you know, it's like probably not like society, like, everyone in society probably does this, but we probably didn't broadcast it but there was a point in that that series we were watching last night it was like 1 a.m where i looked at live and she looked at me and i'm like are we kind of like starting to get on david's side yeah right shit? are we bridge like, davidians i was like i was like is this making is this making a shocking amount of sense to you too and you looked at me and you're like <laughs> oh huh. yeah because he really was captivating although you can go the 180 on that for the cult leader yeah the rajish guy who had like the the rolls royces and shit the Mm -hmm. wild wild country Mm -hmm. thing we watched like he wasn't close with people at all like half he only showed up once in a while right or something like that or he would travel between his cults Mm -hmm. so he was he wasn't as captivating like in, in engaged with his group as i'd say david koresh was it's a different style i guess of leading it but like david koresh was so intertwined with his cult that most of the... He had, like, what, 12? No, no, he had 14 kids or something like that. I don't remember. They said he had, like, a shocking amount of kids. Yeah. To which, like, was part of his little, like, awestruck vision. But what... Okay, I want to go back to that. Yeah, because he wanted to have kids that would see the end of the days. (laughs) See the end of times. They were supposed to... They were supposed to, like, have, like, a purpose or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, like, watching this... Watching this series... This is where I kind of had to approach it with a grain of salt because I was seeing a lot of like the Jesus apostle things with the side characters, mm-hmm. not David Koresh, but his right hand man. And then the kid Timino or whatever his yeah. name was that had survived, ended up surviving. Um, I, I kind of saw like the, the Peter denying him this many times. And then like the, the Judas is the freaking undercover agent. I was sitting there and I was like, all right, either this is like me drawing these lines or this is them wanting me to draw these lines, like the guys who are making the show, mm-hmm. to like engage you and make you think about it more. Mm-hmm. But like, dude, if that really was like what was happening, that's one of those things that's kind of like sketch. Definitely. <laughs> it's very sketchy because you start to think like, nah, like... I don't want to be a part of this thought process at all. Yeah. Because it's going to get really fucking dark for me. Sorry, I'm closing that one. Can I close that one? Yeah, we're okay, I'm this. really cold. <laughs> so it snowed in Boston yesterday. And then today we had the windows open and we went for a walk in the sun and we were sweating. So, yeah. Dude, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's how our lives are going. So, David Koresh kind of as you said captivating that's what's very captivating freaky about these cults man 
That's what that's what really scares me is like being convinced. There's red flags for sure. Like I know, and it's like you'd like to think that you would pay attention to a red flag, but then it's like scary. Like we could like anybody could get scooped up into a cult. The right time and circumstance. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. That's what's so like Especially like people who like, are oh, searching, I'd never join a cult, who but... are searching for something to like believe in in mm-hmm. their core, and they want they want some validation. They find the group kind of seems like outcasts, but you know, like you can be an outcast with us, and we'll all be outcasts together. Together, we all make up one. We're all important. Yeah, because life isn't good to a lot of people. A lot of us are a lot more lucky than we know, because there's certain circumstances that. Their, their profiles essentially for people who cults prey on mm-hmm. so I, I feel fucking lucky that i had a bunch of idiot friends that we used <laughs> to go get in trouble in the neighborhood then i went to high school and was in marching band like let's be honest i i, I could have been in a cult yeah especially because you're from the midwest i feel like <laughs> i feel like there should i don't know how many cults are in the midwest but I feel like there should be way more than however many there are right doesn't just, that just seem like midwest up cult like area i don't know yeah it's because like like the prairies (laughs) i always think of somebody doing the i always see of something somebody doing the carlton when i think about this like this the midwest suburbs it's like now perfect life for me and my neighbors let's go to the sock hop you know like shit like that i get like the 50s suburban vibe i totally know when i think about it and i think that's why there's so many fucking weirdos where i'm from and i mean there's weirdos everywhere but Growing up, you just saw way more fucking weirdos because they just, like, rejected all of that. And so, I'm saying, if you were ever, like, recruiting, I would have personally gone to the Midwest. Oh, yeah. At least growing up. I don't know what it's like now. I won't go back. I feel like this is going to sound, like, ignorant what I say, but... Oh, dude, yes. I'm going to clip this. Go ahead. Why? <laughs> no reason. I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, yeah, frame 513. Go ahead. No. I feel like... Why? Like, okay... I feel like all these big cult things like happened in like the 70s and 80s. I feel yeah. like there was a huge surge of it, and I kind of wish one would happen now. Like a surge of these cults? Yeah, because I'm so fucking into it. I want like a new one. Like I want something. I, that sounds really bad of me because then I'm like, oh. for for entertainment purposes, because you're interested in the topic. Yeah. Yeah. Like no, I mean. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like why everyone's fascinated with World War Two. When it but comes like to like shows, like... it's because like, do, do we want this to happen to us realistically now? Hell yeah. no, it would be totally worse. But like watching it then, you watch it with pride and everything, and you're like, I wish there was more I could watch about this because I'm so invested emotionally into it. Yeah, it's like when you end Band of Brothers, like the war's over, they're all going home, but you're like, man, like. The action scenes were so good when uh-huh. they had firefights. Like, I want to see more big firefights, even if it means some of your characters could be killed or wounded. Yeah. So it's that weird, like, dichotomy. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if something like Jonestown were to happen right now. That'd be mind-blowing. I'd be so... It wouldn't it? It would be very mind-blowing. I'd because be we, so into it, but also I'd be like, fuck, bro. What's like, more... Yeah, I'm going to completely jump on the wagon with you on that, because the more I think about it, you know, these shows are out there and, and now because of this and what we're doing, even, mm-hmm. we're generating buzz and it's going to be more interest in it. Yeah. And then if something like, bam, fucking Jonestown Part 2 happens in like rural Oklahoma mm-hmm. t- tomorrow or a year from now or 10 years from now, 
people are going to still think, holy fuck, this is still going on? Yeah. Because you just saw how horrible it was on all these specials. And then you're like, they just, they they doubled that number or something like that. You're like, holy fuck, like this stuff still happens. Like I'm curious, I'm curious, I don't have much knowledge on cults that are around today, you know? Well, they, um, <laughs> that show the following, they show some of like the weird cults. They show like, he has the serial killer cult and they all get like captured and whatever. And like, um, so he joins one that's like named Corbin, like Church of Corbin. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up taking it over or whatever. I just ruined a whole nother show. Whatever. It's like, I don't think that many people watch it because it's not even on Netflix anymore. But uh, they said on the show there's like active cults all over the U.S. But they're, a lot of them are just church communes and stuff and like um, cultivation communities that have like a similar religion basis or something like that. Cultivation. God, that was the lame. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, Ooh, my childhood in a cult. I'm reading that later. I was like, I love how into this you are, and it's like one of those fascinating things where I get to watch the journey of you just being interested. Because when you look up cults, you look up all this information, and you watch all of these things, there's a weird fascination with it. You know what? One time I watched a YouTube video. It was maybe maybe like two years ago. And it was about this girl. She had a YouTube channel. And she was like, I grew up in a cult. Like, she came out and told her story time about, like, living in a cult till she was, like, seven or something. And she was, like, she just explained the whole thing. I mean, she was, like, totally normal. She seemed normal. But her, she had, like, her brother come out, too, and then her dad. And it was actually... It didn't happen here, but they were recruited... Or maybe either the mom or the dad was in the cult first and they came to Boston to recruit people and they recruited the mom or the dad, whoever wasn't the recruiter. Yeah. And then, yeah. So it actually, I don't know. It does happen still. That that whole celebrity sex cult thing, that chick Allison Mack or, Mack or whatever, she was on Smallville. I don't know. Well, she she was like using Twitter to try and recruit people into her like sex cult that she was a part of. Like she's going to jail. Like this is the thing that's happening. Wait, I didn't even. She know. tried to recruit like Emma Watson over Twitter or something. What's crazy her name? Like that. Allison Mack. Bro, I'm so one of those people that's like I have to look up something once I'm, like. Hey Jamie, pull up uh, Allison Mack. <laughs> yeah, right. I've been waiting to use that joke, but if you're also my girlfriend, so like if I call you by what could be perceived as a girl's name, I could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So I was just like. That's just my alter ego. Eagle. Alter eagle. <laughs> I love tripping up Liv when we're on the Oh microphone. my god. Hey guys, that's just my alter eagle. My good old eagle. This is how bored we are in quarantine, folks. Mm-hmm. I don't really know who Allison Mack is. Well, you didn't watch shows like Smallville. No, what, what is that? Smallville was like where the town Superman was from. Mm-hmm. He grew up in Smallville, then he went to Metropolis as an adult, and that's where his city was that he always defended. So like Smallville was like him growing up. And stuff like that. And then, and that area. Like the stories of him before he was Superman. She was like his nerdy friend. Hmm. That kind of really liked him. But then like that show ended after like nine seasons or some shit like that. And I never really saw her in much else. She was like cutesy though. Like nerdy cute. Mm-hmm. 
And then fucking like a couple of years ago, I just see like rumors of her being involved in this like brutal sex cult. And I'm like, uh huh. Yikes. I didn't just put two and two together. Then again, the girl from Boy Meets World is now a porn star. The, the redhead from Boy Meets World is now a porn star. Hmm. Maitland Ward. Sorry, I'm looking up cults. I know. Why don't apologize to me? This apologize one's to called, the listeners. This one's called ra- realism. 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 But okay. it's spelled. It's spelled weird. So. Oh, it has like weird character. It's R A E L I S M E. Realism. Realism. They're obviously a no nonsense cult. <laughs> Aptly referred to as a UFO cult, the Raelians survived for a few decades before things got too out of control. Despite the oddness of their leader claiming that aliens in southern France handed him a bible and that's just part of the story the group maintained a non-violent and six existence and didn't overtake control of members lives but things still got extra kooky in the early 2000s though when rail owned company clonade claimed that they had cloned the first human oh my god and this is a picture of one of them (laughs) he's wearing a bra yeah dude i just and his sign says equal topless rights for all or none Okay, I mean, Olivia. yeah, like free the nip, but Olivia. <laughs> yeah. The claim of uh, aliens coming down and handing him a Bible. <laughs> now, it is my Bible. Me, no, tell me, <laughs> if I was an alien mm-hmm. and I was just like in invisible, watching humanity, and just like a totally, but my still like mentality and like spirit, <laughs> like who I am. Yeah. I would absolutely fucking come down to like a random stranger in like a suburb of some like weird country and I would just walk up to him like beam down walk up to him and just hand him like the New Testament and then just buzz out because I'd be like this is really gonna fuck with them hard mm-hmm. like this says I'm not real but I'm gonna hand it to him and be like I know because <laughs> you know some people think like religion and, and um, aliens are interrelated like jesus might have been mm-hmm. an alien or something like like it sounds so crazy to say but then there's like cases like all of the uh, prometheus movies that ridley scott did he has the connotations of ancient aliens which when you watch it in his it's like i guess it's the tone but it sounds like not implausible but dude i would oh god if i was in that situation i would totally do that do weird shit just like buzz down and clone someone's cat so they have like a very distinct cat and all of a sudden there's just two of them <laughs> you'd be like yo what and just do it in like one neighborhood like everyone's animal just gets like cloned yeah and they're like we can't explain it <laughs> but like of course you can't bitch you don't think i'm real oh god it's like the same thing with like if i was a ghost i'd be like pants and people yeah <laughs> of course you would don't pants me. Okay, what's the next cult? Come on, I hear a lot of clicking. I was just reading about Allison Mack. Oh, okay, so what's the story? What, like, okay. Was I right or what? Yeah. Sorry, I just exited out of it. Of when course. Because <laughs> I was getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. God, I can't help but stretch when the sun's going down a lot. This is a horrible podcast. <laughs> There's so much dead air and us just making random statements. Like, No, it's, it's not that bad. Yeah, it's like we just... We had a topic. 
yeah, we had a topic, but it's also, it's just hard to do this right now. I know. Because it just seems like uh, I'm sending help messages at this point because I'm just trying to not lose my mind with boredom and being cooped up. Yeah. So if this helps you while you're doing whatever, like I'll put a podcast on when I'm like doing laundry. So I just kind of feel like I'm not like alone in the house or something like that. So if this is, if I'm your laundry podcast, I want you to know that I really appreciate the fact that you probably agree that I would be that alien to hand somebody a fucking Bible. <laughs> yeah, and you're I hope right. you're like, I would do that. That'd be funny. Because like, dude, how hard would you laugh? That for, on the face that guy would make when he wakes up the next morning and goes, did a fucking alien hand me this brand new Bible? In, in like, in my English, like, language? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, this... And then, like, the, in the front, it says, to Tom from Alien. <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Go ahead, Allison Mack, what's up? No, you were right. She was, it was nope. like a sex cult. Yeah, but like, what? What? You asked if you were right. No, I'm saying, like, what about it? Why were they a sex cult? Um. Not that it, I don't think they have, like, Well, I need meeting. to read it, and there's going to okay, be dead fine. silence. No, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really <laughs> dumb question I asked, actually. Why would they choose to be a sex cult? Yeah. <laughs> it's like they have a meeting when everyone gets together the first time. Like, all right, so what are we, what are we going to be about? No, um. We gotta get back on David Koresh. David Koresh, we got we're getting sidetracked. Oh, okay. So David Koresh and that cult. If you haven't watched it, and I've spoiled it for you already, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna do another spoiler. Oh Apologies. fuck! We should do a spoiler disclaimer. We I did talk. one at the beginning. Okay. Okay. Um. But anyway, so the whole series, if I had to give you my overall impression, I'm very skeptical that everything they they showed in the compound. From the perspective of the Davidians, I should say, is accurate because it seems too it seems too Hollywood like kind of perfect and imperfect just to keep the story going along. Like it seems too storyboarded to me, mm-hmm. like too plot lined. Like there's no like many things happening. There's like major plot threads throughout it. So that's why I kind of take that with a grain of salt. But at the same time, if like that, if it's the interactions and like the speeches and everything like that, if they're recorded and like proven and they're just kind of exactly like that, because he had to basically, he had to portray the guy by learning about him. So if he did a good job and that's how he really was, like, fuck. Yeah. That's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like when he's having sex with the, his wife and he like stops and he's like, I felt physical. Ew, I didn't... I think I was in that the bathroom was the we- for that part. Oh, oh dude, that, yeah, you walked dude, out. I, I was so like, was. She walks out for the one sex scene in the whole series. Really? Yeah, he's, like, just banging his wife. And then he's like, stops. And she's like, what's wrong? He's, like, rolls over and he's like, I started to feel too much pleasure of the flesh or something like that. Which I'm like, dude, you have, like, 14 kids, so let's pretend like you don't fucking know. Huh. But if that's really, like, I don't know. That's where they, the the whole like wives and, and sex thing with the, the cult that freaks me out. That's where it gets weird for me. Like that's where I get less divine. Like maybe this like lame essentially person was struck with some white hot 
Banhammer and like fixed his brain and all of a sudden he's like I'm gonna talk through you because you don't got a lot of shit going on up there <laughs> which again if I was God <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna be like my apostle my, my spokesperson is not gonna be Elon Musk because <laughs> he gets yeah. in a lot of trouble on Twitter it's just gonna be some random person that's like not very opinionated so I can kind of get what I'm trying to say across you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. but like that's where the, the, the religion and the sex thing as I was raised Catholic, like, that's where it gets weird for me. And the wives and all that stuff, that's, that's where I divert my kind of core on it. I don't know about you, but, like, that's where I start to get, like, all right, maybe this is more him being manipulative than it is him being holy or whatever you want to call it, or spiritual. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously he isn't holy. <laughs> I mean, the memorization of the Bible and the way that he used the Bible lessons to talk about metaphorically about, you know, his beliefs. I mean, either he was a brilliant con artist or he really had that belief in him. And if that makes him crazy, that's whatever, because everyone has that thing where they're like, I'm crazy about this and I can't explain why. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he was in his own mind actually having visions and dreams and messages or whatever, but like, that's where I, I'm starting to feel weird about this. It's because I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's cool, man. Like, I'm not joining your celibate, bang my wife sex cult, but like, that's cool, man. I'm not going to be mad at you for it. Like, yeah, but also he, I know. I feel like I've been very like, oh yeah, like we were captivated and stuff. But then when you think about it, he did do really terrible things. <laughs> like marrying 14 year olds. <laughs> I mean, granted it said it was legal and texas i guess at the time um <laughs> that was definitely like a but uh, uh, that's not cool and it also i also saw something online it said like he actually married one of them or oh he's or he started having sex with them when they were 11 so i don't know about all that what do you mean you don't know about all that no i'm saying like i i don't know anything about that and like I don't really have... I, I'm grossed out by the concept of yeah, it. Yeah, I know. If it's, like, proven, then that definitely makes me feel completely different. But let me pose this to you. Mm-hmm. The Branch Davidians that, is, that um, left yeah. when they were doing their cases and everything like that, a lot of them were swearing that they didn't fire first. Yeah. Well, the proof of that, they had a steel door... And that lawyers that they had come in uh-huh. said that when they entered the building, you could see the bowing in mm-hmm. of the steel door. So the rounds had come from the outside. From the outside. And they were like, you know, but the, the official story was basically chosen. We didn't fire first from whoever was in charge. Yep. Probably not even there. We don't. Yeah. We did not fire first. That's our story. And the door... When the compound burned down, the steel door would have survived and it would have proven that. The door went missing and it's never been found. What? Yeah. It's a little footnote in the notes. Wow. On on the on like. Well, yeah, and the fact they like deleted all the footage and stuff. I'm not sure if that's real, but that's what they did in the show. Well, no. Then you, how did they get what they know about the show, from whatever personal accounts in footage they could they could get. So yeah. there's definitely stuff that was erased because they said, so the ultimate conspiracies about 
um, Waco, the, the standoff at Waco, are that who fired first, um, then there's kind of a really long period where it's about his the inner relationships of the cult and kind of focusing on them and all their sins and all that shit. And then there's the fire where they all died. And so the controversy about the fire is who started it. And there's a lot of really strong opinions on that because there's some people who are in the compound that survived that said they heard the Branch Davidians like saying, we're going to start the fire. There's a recording of them saying it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is, dude, my tinfoil hat is being made. I'm going to get so many fucking text messages and comments about this being like, okay, Pat, guess you're into conspiracy theories now because who transcribes the little uh, subtext audio subtitles? FBI audio, audio analysts. Yeah. And if you really can't fucking hear what anyone's saying, you can craft a couple of well-chosen words to make you think that's what they're saying. Like yeah. the Yanny Laurel thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Dude, did I just like wrap that up with the Yanny Laurel and everyone's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's what that <laughs> Talking about a fucking cult massacre that happened in the 90s. Um, yeah. So that's the the big because um, on the end of the the show they say how many times that every time they've used CS gas in that context that a fire has broken out because it's like apparently like flammable like yeah. it really takes much mm-hmm. and they had used before the quote unquote they they say there's a long gap of time between when they fired the tear gas grenades and when they broke in with the tanks to use this, the tear gas. Because the tear gas grenades have an internal combustion element. Mm-hmm. So that's a higher risk of fire than yeah. just pushing a, a tank thing through and then puffing gas out of tube. Because uh-huh. they like, apparently strongly denied the fact that they had used those. But then they had found the cartridges fired. And they had just happened to not be in the building. So they said, oh, it wouldn't have caused that or whatever. But... Um, that's their perspective on it but the other perspective is you know the fire started because you guys are knocking walls down and and blowing this gas into a confined space Mm -hmm. you know they got pilot lights man they got electronics that are maybe not all the way plugged in somebody's lighting a cigarette fucking anything the the stove is on yeah and then boom the whole place goes up they were saying, like, L.A., Philadelphia, that same shit happened. So, like, that's why I'm kind of, like, referring back to the, how many times they were recorded stating, we do not want to kill ourselves. Because if you think yeah. about it, Branch Davidians, Seventh-day Advocates, they're all based upon the Bible. The Bible says, like, if you commit suicide, you're going to hell. That's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if they pick and cho- choose certain aspects of it, but... Why the fuck would you do that then? Yeah. You wouldn't want to set your house on fire and kill your whole family. Like that's what's so sketchy about it. It's like ah. I know. I feel like dealing with a religious cult leader like David Crash is a lot like dealing with like a, a rock star who's trying to put out like a like an, a record. 
because you have like the the, the the ATFs like the record label they're like yo we gotta get this shit out like in the next 10 months and you haven't sent us a single demo and the, and the artist is like no I'm gotten getting it my muse you know they get yeah. it and they start writing it and if they're like they're freaking out that it's not gonna be good because they're taking way too long doing other shit like trying to be inspired so so he's like it's not perfect yet. We can't put it, we can't send them the demo because it's trash. Yeah. Like, it needs to be perfect. And then the record label's just like, we're coming in. And the artist is like, well then fuck you, Spark. You know, boom. It's crazy, man. And he was, apparently, he was a singer too. Yeah. Maybe he brought like what Jack... Well, that's how we got Thibodeau in. Yeah. He needed a drummer. Maybe David Koresh found what Johnny Depp found with... <laughs> I'm not even going to the Amber Heard thing. Uh, found when he did Jack Sparrow. He brought Keith Richard, Richards to the archetype of pirate, and that's how he got Jack Sparrow. Which is now like what everyone thinks of as a great pirate, kind of out of their mind, kind of like that, but he was based on a rock star. Yeah. So what if David Crush just took that rock star template and the Messiah template and just built his own? Because if you've ever played Far Cry 4, or no, 5, it was based upon... The Branch Davidian cult, but it took place in Montana. Like they took over a county, Hope County in Montana, and you're one of the deputies, and you have to try and save the town from the cult or whatever. But yeah, there's a lot of like one-on-one -on -one interaction with the cult leader, who is literally looks exactly like David Koresh, but it's more like the the Lil Yachty version of him, because <laughs> he has like tattoos all over him and stuff, and like like you would now. Instead of, like, David Crush, I don't think, had a single tattoo. He just had the glasses that made him all culty. <laughs> Which I think that's another thing. Because Jonestown had the aviators, right? Like, the guy Jones or whatever. The, the cult leader, he was always wearing glasses. Mm -hmm. And David Crush is always wearing glasses. Yeah. There's something in the glasses, dude. That distinct look, like Hitler in the mustache. It was a shaving accident. But, you, but like, that's... You think Hitler, you think fucking Nazi mustache. Like, that's why no politician ever has a mustache that's really short. <laughs> oh. I do think it's boss that Ted Cruz has a beard in Congress. I don't, like, I don't really know much, like, in the grand scheme about Ted Cruz. I know everyone thinks he's a Zodiac killer for some reason. But, like... Is. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Here we go. Uh, this is just gonna be, like, I'm gonna label this conspiracy episode. Uh, <laughs> because at this point... No, like, I've seen pictures of Ted Cruz in Congress with a beard, and it always when I was growing up I was like dad why do all the politicians look the same and he's like well that's what everyone thinks is presidential and like proper to have your hair parted and you know no facial hair and you're very clean and you're always wearing a suit you know you're always formal but approachable he looks like he's gained weight he probably has I mean we are in quarantine I'm pretty sure we all have no all time. these pictures from like when he was out in public oh but I'm saying, he has a beard in Congress. Mm -hmm. I was just like, man, that's fucking cool. He like, looks totally different with a beard. Yeah, well... He kind of looks like he'd be a like, friendly guy with the beard. As much as, as much as the big cultural changes we've seen in our lives when it comes to politics, like our first black president, and then the whole blowout afterwards with having, you know, Donald Trump be the guy afterwards, you think, like, how different, how much things have changed in the grand scheme. And then, like, somebody comes in with a beard, and they're like, well, I guess he kind of snuck a beard in with the, like, <laughs> they're like, oh, my God, we're all so shocked by this change yeah. and everything. And then it's just, the guy's like, 
and I stopped shaving a month ago. No one started to show up. Right, yeah, it's like, all right, we're, we're doing this. We're doing this. And then, like, like, if we're doing... Like, like, a year later, you roll up to Congress, and, like, Ted Cruz has a has a Gimli beard thing tying it all together because <laughs> it's, like, down to his, like, middle of his chest. I'd be like, fuck yeah. Dude, Ted Cruz is pulling the long con right now. He's changing the grooming standards of Congress. Like, that's awesome. He's so strong. No, it's just, like... <laughs> There's probably other... I know Dan... I don't think Dan Crenshaw has a... There's more people in Congress and Senate, I think, now that have, like, facial hair than when I remember seeing pictures of Congress growing up. They all kind of look the exact same. Just various degrees of old and fat. Yeah. So... And their hair was either white or it was, like... Or bald. Yeah. So... Well, we went off on a Ted Cruz tangent. I'm sorry. You're like, like, she's looking, I wish we had video of this, but like, she's, she's literally looking at me with this look like, I want to punch you so bad, but I'm, I love what you're saying. Hmm. It's like that disapproving mom when you're doing something like eating extra cookies. Yeah. You know, like, like she's yeah, like, that, that's my son, but. You shouldn't do that, <laughs> but God darn, you're cute. <laughs> it's like. Dude, fucking Waco. I just remember the first time I, I found anything about that, and they, they did a really good job of this on the show. When they breached, they had like their little ATF fucking plan of how they're going to breach. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about ATF then. ATF now, I don't know anything about. They're probably really skilled. I'm not saying I could do better or any shit like that. Like, no smoke. But in the video, like, they had kind of a sloppy plan, in my opinion. Like, it was over-executed for something that they didn't need that much force. Absolutely. Like, like the ladders going up and then breaching through the windows and everything like that. Like, I, I get it. But, like, they go, they go in and they're shooting the fuck out of that room from the outside and they go in. And then they all breach, you know, you flood through, you clear the fatal front. So when you, like, breach a room... Um, those of you who are just listening, just imagine like you're standing outside a room and you don't know what's in it. The last thing you want to do is be standing in that doorway for as long, longer than you have to because everyone immediately points their guns at the doorway. Because mm-hmm. that's the only way in, right? Yeah. So that's, so that's like you don't want to be there. And they breached that and they ran in real cool, but the fucked up part is they like them scrambling to get back out the window. Like the fact that four heavily armed ATF agents that had already shown they weren't afraid to fucking shoot, get in the building. You know, if it's like one guy, I understand bum rushing out. If it's two guys, man, there's more like four of them shooting at us. Four ATF agents go in and they're scrambling to get through the window to get out. Mm-hmm. And one of them gets shot on the roof and you can watch him get shot and fall off and miss the ladder and hit the ground. But she, I don't know if he lived or not, but like, dude, like, what happened in that hallway? Like, what firepower or what did they see that freaked out the breachers that they jumped through the window? And, like, the guy did that weird thing you see in movies where he, like, held the side of the ladder and, like, slid down. Like, he was so wanting to get the fuck out of Dodge that he, like, slid down the whole ladder. Yeah. But props to that last guy who got shot and got and fell off the roof because he stayed there and covered the window when everyone else was just literally they like 
they were so scared they turned their backs to where the bullets were coming from to get away like that's fucking you don't want to do that any more than you have to mm. props to that guy for like covering the window and then taking a bullet for it because he was like everyone get the hell out of here you're like respect to that but, like they, the branch of Indians, I don't think they were using like there's a controversy on them using like M16s and AKs and making them full auto because non-military markets they'll make them only semiotic so every time you pull the trigger it fires one shot um, I think they were trying to make them a full auto but even then like ATF were rocking like full auto what the hell happened did they just get spooked because that's a whole other thing too. Like, what if they went in there and they saw a bunch of kids and everything, and all of a sudden they're, they're getting tore up by a couple of AKs firing right on them? They were like, "Yo, fuck this! Like, yeah. we're not ready for what's happening right yeah. now." But dude, that firefight is like brutal to watch. So brutal, dude. I, I actually wasn't expecting that to be that brutal at all. Yeah. Uh, another Damn. one. Of, another like, one of the controversies oof. with that firefight is they say that. The helicopter. I don't remember where the official last stand is on it, but at some point they denied using the helicopters to shoot into the the compound. But did they? They the the I remember on the show that they showed them shooting yeah, rifles. Yeah, they did. And because there was the one lady who was on the bed. Oh right, and, and she, she got was shot shooting down. down. She got shot from the roof because mm-hmm. they showed like the sniper taking the shot from the helicopter. Yep. So. I know, Aria. We should oh. probably stop talking about cults. But well, um, I really hope that shows up on, on the audio of Aria's. <laughs> me crime. too. It definitely will. No, so they, um, that's the controversy. They say that one of, the, when, uh, one of the testimonies was that they only had nine millimeters. So they had handguns. Yeah. Like the crew or whatever. The ATF? No, the helicopter crew. Oh, oh, oh. That was one of the, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember where they ended up in the official story, but there seems to be conflicting accounts on on even just that. Mm-hmm. But, dude, that's 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 Waco. <laughs> yeah, just you don't. The whole series at the by the end of it, I think every person who has really been focusing and watching and and giving everyone a fair say at opinions on it. You kind of feel like they've been saying it the whole time. We want you to leave us alone. We don't want to be attacked. Yeah. And like part of me that whole time was like having been in and knowing like well, and certain it... policies don't change. Like people above you don't give a fuck how hard it is for you. Like th- this is what needs to get done. And at some point you know they're right, but you also hate them for it because it's not fair that you have to do it and they don't. They just, they have to be right and you don't want to. Like, I know that feeling. Yeah, because after the firefight, they weren't the um, the cult. They didn't show. They didn't have any force after that, right? Or show any force? I don't. Th- they didn't show. They didn't do anything else, anymore. right? Yeah. No. God, like just thinking about how much happened with that. I know. Because there was there it was, was all... really like an emotional roller coaster. And then they used <laughs> psychological warfare on them. Oh my. F- Fuck! I forgot I about, forgot that, about part. that. And now that's another thing that makes me like. That upset me a lot, actually, kind of in a way. Yeah, just like, he, I hate so how I'm supporting Colt right now. If you haven't watched the series, you don't want to. 
uh, with the ATF, there was a really bad relationship. It sounds so stupid to say. Really bad relationship between the the um, Branch Davidians on the compound and the government agents outside. Like the government agents were like mooning the compound and giving them the finger, and uh, you know they were doing shows of force, like running over his David Crush's car with a tank. Like, God, this iced coffee is amazing right now. Mine's almost gone. <laughs> yeah, because you chug yours. So I have mine for like. Actually, this has been long. pretty long. I'm pretty proud of you. They didn't have a good relationship between the two. Obviously, they had to get a lot of gunfire training but the psychological warfare thing keeping the lights on the compound all night that was pretty crazy and then the like the screeching horrendous sounds they put a bunch of speakers outside the compound and basically the ultimate goal is to keep them awake all night and they you know they had that's whatever already kind of fucked up but then they had kids and infants with them that you know they don't understand they can't help it and that was that's brutal because that's not hurting you. It's not causing you physical harm. So that's where it kind of comes into play where it's like, a, I guess, at a certain level, a tactic that I don't feel as bad about. Like tear gassing, like knowing what they knew about how it could end up with fire. Yeah, no, dude. Like, I don't really feel good about that. Especially if we got maybe have a chance in another way. Mm-hmm. But like the psychological warfare... If it's the lesser of many evils to try and convince somebody to to get out when your job is to get them out, because you got to think it's not just like their beliefs and like religion; it's like their job. Like they're stuck there as with the FBI, and they're like, my whole job rests and my reputation rests on what happens here. So, like, if it's between storming the compound or gassing the compound or just keeping them up all night with loud sounds and lights. Like, I have to do something to show that I'm trying to do something. Even if I don't think it's going to work. Because it's the lesser of what I could do to hurt anyone. So, I mean, I get why they did that. But it's still fucking brutal, man. Very. Do you remember what the name of the guy, um, the guy that got asked to leave? Though, was he the negotiator? Uh, I, I have no idea. Is uh, whoa? Was it? Was Greg? it Jeff? Greg. Greg. Maybe. I don't know if he was necessarily uh, based completely on a true story. Yeah, I know. Kind of guy. Because um, there's probably multiple negotiators, like teams happening. I'm just reading all about psychological warfare right now. <laughs> well, th- so there's a movie called Small Soldiers. Mm-hmm. It's the premise is um, the government had these microchip things for like these little like warfare robots. And since the government, like, closed the program, whoever made it turned them into action figures. And some of the chips got accidentally put into the action figures, so they become, like, real soldiers. And there's a scene where they're keeping their family kind of, like, in a Waco situation. And they start playing Spice Girls uh, wannabe <laughs> with, like, speakers into the house the whole night. And the mom's like, oh, I love this song. And then after, like, five hours, she's like, make it stop. <laughs> it's, like, the funny way of, like, how fucked up that is, really, though. This is so funny how they did that in the movie Small Soldiers with Psychological Warfare and Spice Girls. Like, that's fucking mad respect to the writers for that one. I have something really random to say right now. What's up? Go ahead. We should watch a scary movie tonight. Please, yeah. please, please. Yeah, of course. 
Sorry, that's all I had to say. Dude, there's like so many mixed rumors about this, but they're talking about if if they were ever going to do a Bioshock movie. That'd be so good. When did Bioshock come out? Uh, 2000s. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wouldn't like, in, you know, like Bioshock Infinite because that one gets really multiverse and stuff. But the Bioshock movie, dude, if they shot it in like first person perspective. Mm. And you never see yourself. Do you well, ever see yourself that, in that no, game? No, you don't. Yeah. You never, well, you can kind of see his face in like a little pixelated like thing Mm -hmm. but you never really see the main character's face and you just see the the his hands yeah and it has the the chain the the chain tattoos on the wrists and it's like because he's a a sleeper cell i won't spoil anymore for anybody who's never played bioshock or my well i guess my mom i'll have to explain it to her on the phone in like a week i guarantee she'll call me like piatrick piatrick you were you went on a tangent afterwards were you guys drinking what's going on like no mom we're really just this random guys like this is <laughs> this is our like mindless conversations that we have until we figure out something we really want to talk about pretty much but yeah no that'd be a really cool movie yeah if they did it right okay so i think we're about ready to wrap this one up yeah i gotta pee you know that's gonna be forever recorded. Yeah, it's okay. On the podcast, it's alright. I'm so glad you're not weird about that. I feel like a I lot mean, of people are super weird about like everybody oh, pees. Like yeah, if I'm at like dinner with like your your family for the first time or out, I'm gonna be like, oh, I gotta pee really bad, and I'm not gonna be able to have a poker face about it. So like, I've had to pee actually for a super long time. Okay, well, I'm I'm really strong. <laughs> really proud I'm of a you. Strong girl. Those kegels are really working. For you. <laughs> The world champ pee holder, Lydia Hicks. Yeah. Where's that in the fucking car with you? Anyway, so, um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, these this this podcast is just more us just trying to show you guys we're all out there. If you listen to it the full way and kind of had a good feeling and felt a part of something when we're all kind of forcibly isolated, um, I really hope that gives you that feeling because that's how I feel when I um hear back from you guys on listening to the podcast every time i put one out i've really had people be very uh very kind and courteous so thank you guys um i am hoping we'll have a guest uh by the next time we do one but if not uh i actually want to pose this to you (laughs) i would like for some of our listeners who actually liked it um to suggest we talk about something oh yeah um I'll leave it open on the comments of, of the post. Dude, like, anything you actually want to hear about, um, we'll pick one and we'll do a whole episode on it. And when I say whole episode, it'll probably be relatively what always happens where Liv brings it up and tries to keep me on track and I just go on tangents. But I will talk about it. Yeah, like, let's have some fun. Let's get involved together because um, this is a kind of a backdoor way of all of us being a part of the community. So uh, let's be backdoor buddies. Definitely. Dude, I really hope that gets left. Anyway. Uh, go watch Waco. Yeah, go watch Waco. <laughs> All right, see you guys later. Bye.